welcome to another episode and possibly the series finale of Alcoholics. I am your host, Terrain Myricks. I am joined by my uh, current co-host, Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you? Um, that's a that's a question. Uh huh. Uh huh. Does it have an answer? I don't know. I don't know right now. I don't well, know. We'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about you? Me. I'm doing great. The police killed another black man on the streets, so I'm fucking rolling in it right now. Um, by the way, happened again. Um, needs to stop fucking happening. And the fact that it is just a continuous slog is <sighs> really annoying. All right. Um, so sorry to bring you in on this, but. <laughs> Uh, joining us is a first-time guest. Um, she is super, super awesome. Abby Parambo, welcome to the show. Did I say it wrong? No. I said it right. But you like, took I, so I, much time. Get it. I read. Here's Talk the thing. I, I read it. I read it to make sure I was getting it right. You tried so hard. I did it. You did I so not? Far. Did I get it wrong? No, I will, you did good. I will fucking go back and fix I this mean, if I got it like, wrong. In the end... Don't do this. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Well, I knew that was coming. Um, (laughs) You straight (laughs) bastards. Uh, Abby, how are you? Sorry, I asked you that as you were taking a giant swig from your... Glug, 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 glug. I'm doing good. I am really happy to be here. It is very nice having you here. Um, First time guest. Uh, Firstly... uh, What's up? Uh, what? I'm just trying to like, you know, be cool and dish. What have you been what have you been doing during um during uh the uh COVID-19 crisis to kind of try to keep your mind off of things? Well, I definitely wasn't the person that took up the new hobby of baking bread, <laughs> but um I will say a lot of shit happened for me and for Jeff during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things. And, you know, it, I kind of try to remind myself of how good we have it when things seem kind of bad in the mm-hmm. world. But um, I switched jobs in May and I found a company that I really, really love working for. And I'm so excited to, um, you know, do something that I literally never thought that I would do. And we, Jeff and I, we moved into an apartment in Philly, in South Philly specifically we really love the neighborhood it's kind of what we always envisioned and it's very hard to kind of look back at all these accomplishments this year and kind of I I feel like there's a sense a sense of guilt with it almost because it's like the country's literally burning people are in uh, a state of being evicted of their mental health being shit and you know it's just I don't know what to call it, but it's like, I, I don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, today's another day and um, you kind of just have to take it that way. At least that's how I take it with COVID, you know? I would say it's, it's so it seems, in my opinion, survivor's guilty, sort of, right? Where it's like, things are real bad around, like things are real bad around. But for me, things are kind of, not that bad and i just it's it's important to like you know 
things if things are good for you that's okay it's and it's not like you you can't blame yourself for things being good for you like enjoy that uh hold on to that that's awesome that's, yeah as long as you're like uh, understanding that other people don't have it yeah. that way i think that's all that you, really matters like you, things have yeah. for for terrain and i uh covid has somehow turned into a financial boon um, but we're rich now. Yes, I'm getting so pizza rich. Early. You don't go out. You don't so go to the restaurants. You're not. That's not true. The restaurants like, are delivering me pizza weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I am single-handedly keeping pizza shops open in the in the town of Bloomsburg. You're fucking welcome, Naps. You don't deserve it. Unless they you... do. They absolutely do not deserve no! it. No, <laughs> no, that's garbage pizza. I. We had a we had like a buffalo chicken from there, which literally was like they put like some strips of chicken and then a concentrated amount of buffalo sauce on like the middle of the pizza. That place is straight garbage. It is straight garbage. Unless they want <laughs> to sponsor me, in which I am willing <laughs> <laughs> to pretend I didn't say you No, know, Jimmy any? Simpson, our yeah, favorite I was about to say. Of alum, course, used to we work know. there. Oh, of say. course we That's know. what they got going for him, Jimmy Simpson, They've got baby. Jimmy Simpson, and guess what? He hasn't gone back for a fucking slice in years. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 Where's the lie? <laughs> Hot take. We're getting political now. <laughs> didn't think I was going to start this off by straight slamming naps, but honestly, they fucking deserve it. <laughs> they're not no they're not good again unless they want to kick me some sponsorship money then they're great then i'll say whatever they want me to say in that case perhaps i, I am love you. i am the i am the never uh, heard us i am the reason like i'm the definition of why uh uh there needs to be um, campaign finance reform. <laughs> I'm exactly that reason. I'm like, what's that? How much money to say Bloomberg's cool? I'll do it. I'm like, oh, Bloomberg. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to keep saying Bloomberg's bad until he kicks me some of that money. And then I fucking love the guy. <laughs> I've made this joke Don't before. all Democrats, though. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Well, Oof. look, we let him on the debate stage and then we let... <laughs> then we... <laughs> essentially put him next to uh elizabeth warren with a fucking blowtorch and let her set his ass on fire and that was one of my favorite parts of this whole campaign season oh yeah that was great katrina thoughts on bloomberg yeah how much money would he have to pay you for you to say he's cool for me it's probably 45 dollars I mean, katrina i was gonna say katrina would be like five bucks she's like 100, i got 100k I, she's got I'll principles. Take 100k she's got principles huh. i do it i do it if he bought me a pair of vans <laughs> <laughs> I buy you vans all the time. And I talk about how great you are on this podcast. Imagine if you didn't buy me vans. Yeah. We have a joint bank account. <laughs> but I go on vans and purchase them. Yeah. And then you bought me one. You bought me vans. You know what? Before we go into our first topic, <laughs> let's just be clear. Uh, I let you I let you purchase these vans for me. <laughs> you let me. I, I let you go on and do all the work so I can get these vans. And they're like, the top is like suede? What? There's, there's a cat. Oh, kitty. Ooh, what's your kitty cat's name? can't see the video, but yes. my, my cat just walked in ooh, the room. There's, ooh, there's a cat. Now, I know this is a podcast. <laughs> 
what's your i forgot <laughs> what's your it's okay it's you're look you're seeing this on a video you're like oh everyone can see this what's your cat's name her name's ray Ooh, is ray like um star we, wars star wars Yes, but I <laughs> like the name more than I like the movie. <laughs> there seems like there's another cat. No, no, it's a mirror. There's a mirror. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that changes the entire way I'm seeing that whole room. I wish there was another cat. That's 100% changing the entire way I'm seeing that room. Okay. Cool. Damn. I didn't know that. All right. Let's move on to the actual political topics because I could legit keep doing this for the rest of the um, show, but that's not what people are weirdly here for, I guess. <laughs> Which, honestly, they should be. They should be here for our hot takes on Bloomsburg Pizza and uh, and cats. That should be the only thing that they're here for, but here we are. How Tumblr of you. What? How Tumblr of We're fuck yeah, Bloom Pizza. <laughs> .tumblr.com. Um, so let's talk about the election. We are in, this is the final weekend of the election. By the time this uh, goes up, this will go up on Saturday, Halloween. Ooh, happy Halloween, everybody. Um, this will go up um, and Tuesday will be election day. Wait. What? Is daylight savings time happening on daylight- Halloween? Daylight savings time is happening on Halloween. This would have been great if we could go out to like a club and party. You you get one more hour of debauchery. And we get more sleep? Fall back. Yes, we get more sleep. No, do we get more sleep? Fall back, spring forward. So that goes back an hour. That means you get an extra hour of sleep. You heard it here first? (laughs) How daylight savings time works. Katrina is so smart. I know, right? Oh, man. So, anyway, um, this weekend, Halloween, Daylight Savings, and the last weekend before Election Day on Tuesday the 3rd. Um, firstly, let's, let's, let's not go directly into politics. Abby, how are you going to spend your um, Election Day? Uh probably just working i truly think that we should have a federal holiday to vote yep but um i already sent in my vote via mail-in ballot i thought it was the easiest process and living in philly you always uh have to keep in mind that there's more people so there's going to be longer wait times i see which is great i see a lot of people online to vote early and sometimes and people are reporting now that there's two to three hour wait times. So I can't even imagine if they had to get that all done in one day. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of w- wish and hope that in the future we can do the mail-in voting because I thought it was just so convenient with my lifestyle right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that um, one of the things that COVID has brought up is the idea of like clearly we had an issue before with with um, voting by with with voting, right? It should be more accessible to people. It should be easier, and there should be a longer time frame in which you can cast your ballot because not everyone's available on the Tuesday in November that because it's not a fucking federal holiday. So, 
People uh, have emergencies. Yeah. People forget they have, they're stressed. They're tired. Someone, There's a lot of the pe- reasons why why people intend to vote and they just don't the day of. Someone explain to me uh, the difficulty that their in laws are facing because they were going to vote by mail, but they decided to vote in person. And um, sorry, no, they did. Sorry, they they were going to vote in person, but. They um, were infected with COVID or they were closely connected to someone who was infected with COVID. And they now have to figure out this like system of how to cast like an emergency ballot. And it is a large rigmarole that is completely unnecessary and completely hindering um, the ability of a lot of people to cast a ballot because it, it requires for them to have people around them that are willing to and family around them that are willing to um, take the make the sacrifices to be able to do that. It is it is baffling the system that we have. Um there shouldn't be an end to registration. We shouldn't have a registration deadline that's like two weeks before an election or whatever nonsense PA has. That's fucking stupid. When we ha- when we see that there are states that have same-day registration that are able to get that done, it is, it is bananas to me that we have that, except the fact that I know why we have it, and it's to make it harder for people to vote. Um, but I mean, I'll do you one better. Why don't we just have automatic reg- registration when you turn 18? Welcome to Alcoholitics, because that's something... <laughs> I mean, Terrain's preference is mandatory voting. And let's so. not talk about what my preferences are, just in case this gets big. I'm not saying compulsory <laughs> voting, you know. Like, but let's be clear. Australia has compulsory voting, and they're not under a fucking dictator. They have compulsory voting, and it's okay. I think that if, if I'm if pressed, compulsory voting is what needs to happen. However, um, it you're right. The people should be automatically registered. It shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be this hurdle. It, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely bananas. Um, Katrina, how are we planning on spending election day? Well, for the first time ever, the uh, we're both state employees, and the governor decided to give all state employees two hours of paid time to vote. Viva so. Wolf. That's pretty cool. I think we're both we're both hoping we can leave uh, work two hours early and go cast our votes. So that's the plan for now. But mm. we have to wait and see. Because yep. Terrain's job site is being more difficult than mine. <laughs> yeah. We won't get into it in case anyone on my job site listens to this. Um, so, um... <laughs> and then we are planning on... Yes. Quelling our election night anxieties by driving to Williamsport, getting five guys and Dairy Queen. Five guys, baby! So, good plan. Yeah. That's right. And by the way, this podcast 100% endorses five guys. Even with, <laughs> without, without any monetary, uh, without any monetary gain, Alcoholics fucking loves five guys. I'll pay $10 uh, for one of your burgers. I will. I, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't, and honestly, look. If they look me in the eye, I will tell. There's no reason for us to do that. However, we do it because it's just so damn good. It's just so damn good. Um, so we are nearing the um climax of this election. Um, <laughs> election day. Uh, what? That's not a cool word. Climax. The climax of the election. We get it. Um, so it's important to like, look at what the closing messages of each of the campaigns are. Um, I'd like to start with Biden because his is likely shorter, um, from 
what I gather, based on the way Biden goes out and uh, delivers uh, his campaign speeches to, um, like, drive-through rallies where people are... You can't sing- call them rallies. I can. I'm not... I don't give a fuck what Fox News says. Um, <laughs> with 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 people in their cars safely or distanced safely at his events. Um, one, he's showing his care for the uh, actual concerns of Corona too. He's talking about healthcare and the belief that we should have it though. He is not for Medicare for all, which we all should be, uh, especially during a pandemic. He has numerously talked about expanding healthcare and making sure that it is um, free for those um, who absolutely cannot afford it and affordable for those who, you know, like whatever we we can argue about the bits and pieces of it for sure but he is clearly for expanding healthcare, making sure that people um with pre-existing conditions can continue to uh have that health care whereas um you know no no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dip into where the president is um and he also is um you know, uh, campaigning on just a return to decency and sense in the White House. Um, he talks about how he will listen to scientists regarding um, the pandemic and various other issues, including climate change. Um, talking about how climate change can also be an economic argument. Um, you know, talking about how we can put money into uh, different renewable energies and making sure that that uh that not only is good for the not only is good for the environment which is what many of us want to hear but also how we can boost our economy by making sure that we are in the lead um in in front of these uh specific uh industries that will you know that will uh become of what we do with the with um within the with the environment uh regardless like anyway <laughs> That's his. Sorry, I'm drunk. That is what his. Oh, I I give away the game pretty quickly. Uh, that is what his closing argument to me is. Um, from what I've seen, Abby, what about you? What do you think about Biden overall, or about, like just about his core what, messages? About what you think his current closing message is? If you want to give overall, I'm fine with overall because look, we we've criticized the vice president on many occasion and i'm not afraid to do it right now but right i mean my stance on biden is basically the same as yours like he wasn't my candidate my preferred candidate he wasn't he probably wasn't even top three no you know or top five no i i mean top 20 hang on top 20 27 people ran (laughs) (laughs) if i i will say if no one in this race had any name recognition. Biden would not do well. I really don't think he would have. I think a lot of his boost came from his name recognition yeah. with being a part of the Obama administration. But regardless, that really wasn't the question. In terms of his message. No, no. Look, answer the question you want to answer. Don't answer the question <laughs> asked. It's fine. Um, I think that his contrast to Trump which really is not saying a lot, but he acts like he cares about you. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of refreshing for a lot of people. Mm. After four years of Trump just talking about himself, how great everything is, when to the contrary, Mm. people look around them and 
they say, where's my health care? I'm drowning in bills. I can't pay this. I can't pay that. And, you know, I think that Biden has, at least in the debates and in his campaign, at least has been doing a good job with speaking to the ordinary citizen and trying to understand their concerns. Now, I obviously have a lot of critique of Biden Mm -hmm. and how far his policies go. And I could literally sit here for days and talk about it. But I think that he, he is doing a good job, his campaign, with making the priority talking directly to people and trying to listen to them. Yeah, I, I think uh, and I think historically as a candidate, that's what Joe Biden has been known as. Right. Like um, when Joe Biden, uh, when Joe Biden was uh, running for, you know, was running on the ticket of Jesus, Penny, could you please stop rubbing against the microphone, sweetie? <laughs> uh, when when Joe Biden um, are you wait, hang on real quick. Katrina, are you she's holding done. the done. yeah, but are you holding the mic thinking I, that's going to stop it? Sometimes if you touch the metal part, it stops making noise. OK, I, I don't know. know. I don't understand it. It doesn't. When so when when uh, Joe Biden runs, one of the things that he's known for is his ability to talk to people right like one of the things that he is known for is his ability that's why that's why when donald trump i i pulled out of that uh, pulled out of one of the three debates and joe biden had that town hall one of the one of his, that that was a bad move on the trump campaign just because that's playing into biden's strengths biden's strengths are talking directly to voters and showing the ability to whether or not it's real, we can we can debate on whether or not it's real, but he at least has the ability to feign empathy if it's not real. But I think he he's able to show empathy and show like a, an actual care for what voters uh, think about, worry about, are concerned about, have anxiety about. He he that's something that he's good at when he's when he's being able to just kind of chit chat with voters and that's on camera, that tends to be good, except when he seemingly challenges them to a fight on a... <laughs> and tells them... In Michigan. <laughs> Vote for the other guy if you don't like me, but... No, but here's... Hang on. That's and a different story. I actually... I want to push back on that just a bit, because for the sheer fact that sometimes... When he when he says that it is defending it is defending like a legitimate ideal that is an ideal of of um you know either his or of the left I've I've seen him say like if you're not if you're not like for this then you should vote for the other guy and I don't think it's good politics to tell people to vote for someone else I've never seen anyone <laughs> tell the person that is concerned and at their rally to vote for the other person. Uh, look, I agree. I, I see where you're going with that. And I think that that's very, very fair. But like, if it gave, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, you know what? I'm not even going to go. Cause I can't give a specific, that's what I want to do. I want to give a specific, um, a specific answer, but I can't because I am drunk and don't have one. So I'm going to go to Katrina real quick. Katrina, what do you think about the closing message of Joe Biden? Or we can just open it up to Joe Biden as a candidate. No, I just, I mean, it's very basic it's very simple but uh in comparison it's incredibly effective because we don't have a human um on the other side of the ticket (laughs) like like the fact that biden can display basic humanity is like oh my god he might care about someone else wow you care about others (gasps) 
Like that's literally crazy. just a basic tenant of humanity that would be a like just a prerequisite for any right. other candidate. Any other election is like the most important and consequence consequential difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is that Joe Biden is actually concerned with anyone besides Joe Biden. Like, and, and like, yeah, like, like, con- like this is, it it's so be stupid a- and so basic, but it is such a big deal. Uh, when you're choosing a fucking president, yeah. like we want one that actually cares about people. And I don't, th- and I, th- I think that when we discuss Trump's closing argument, it'll become very clear as to why that matters. <laughs> Yeah, his closing argument is a it's a real doozy. But yeah, I, I think that I think that if you're looking at um previous elections, it's very like you don't really see this very often where you have someone so unbelievably detached from the uh the part of the the, the part of a human that cares about your fellow human. Um and it it seeming it seemingly that like there is an inc- it's incredibly important to have someone who cares a little bit about another person even if it's feigned even if it's fake like I'm not saying Joe Biden's faking his um you know his empathy but if he is he's doing a better job at the other one who's chosen to completely ignore that um what do you Katrina so you're saying like we've put a premium on um Katrina you're saying we put a premium on the uh idea of empathy in this election I who who is we the I, <laughs> do you think that my apologies let me ask it let me ask because it because clearly way. about 40 to 45 percent of the American population uh-huh. could care less mm-hmm. about this trait like the fact that <laughs> The fact that this election will be in any way close is just a testament to how disgusting and awful uh, the population of this country is. Or at least a portion of it. Good. Good. Those are the types of quotes I love because that make that ensures we get picked up by nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that ensures that we are a do-it-yourself podcast forever. Uh, goodbye, contract from Crooked Media. Um, Abby, <laughs> um, what what are some of the things that you were looking for? Um, like you already cast your vote, right? Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people already cast their vote. We'll get to that, I think, like a little bit later. Um. How many people have just straight up already cast their vote, including uh, Texas, where everyone like not everyone. Sorry, um, the entire pop, like the amount of people who voted in the 2016 election, more people have already voted in the 2020 election in Texas. That's huge. I think that's great. What are you looking for from um, Joe Biden to um, convince the very few undecideds that remain what is what are you looking for like you specifically as a voter you've already voted for him you've uh held your nose and voted for him just like a lot of people have some people have held their nose and voted for him some people happily voted for him um what are you looking for in a joe biden let's actually let's open this up what what are you looking for in a joe biden presidency so in terms of who he's trying to get to vote for him it's pretty clear that his message is definitely geared towards people on like the center who are maybe independent Mm -hmm. who 
vote Republican, vote Democrat. He has completely ignored the left. And he actively tries to distance himself from the left. I've watched a few interviews with him recently and at the debate, people are always talking about how he's a socialist. I wish he was a socialist. I wish he would, I wish he would answer these questions and say, hey, if you are talking about me giving uh, accessible health care to the population of the of Americans who deserve it, you could call me a purple platypus, but sure, <laughs> it's socialism. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I, like, here's the thing. Biden's not going to go in there and do everything I want him to do. People are talking about how he is the most progressive candidate in history. I think that is a very low bar to achieve. I mean, yeah. Obama ran a progressive campaign, but when he, when he got into office, he kind of ran a, a center left administration. Yeah. So I don't think calling Biden the most progressive candidate is really that intuitive. So for me personally, I think that activism is going to push him to the left. And I think that activism, especially when it comes to climate, when it comes to police brutality, it the results are there. I mean, we've had more legislation this summer than has been passed in a long ass time uh, regarding criminal justice and police, uh, you know, idealistic reform or complete reform. I don't know what you want to call it. It's still not where it needs to be, frankly. But um, I think that the people that are voting for Biden who are not satisfied with this platform are going to contest him. And they should because it really shows that, you know, everyone falls in line with Trump. I've never heard a Trump supporter say anything negative about Trump just uh, besides maybe he should tweet less. All right, dude. Uh, I think that the left is happy to challenge Joe Biden and make him a better president. If he is, if he does become president, that is. Yeah, crossing our fingers. No, I think that that's. I think that's fact. That's absolutely true. Um, one of the things that's very important about a Biden presidency is it's not going to be as left as you want it unless you make it as left as you want it. Number one, we're talking like. Uh, one of the top things that we that we discuss is um, is court reform, uh, the figuring out what to do about the fact that Republicans have been able to um, steal two Supreme Court seats like the uh, Joe Biden is a, someone who, um, though, and, and I, I, I'm going to push back just the slightest bit because I, I do think that it's important that he is going to be one of the most progressive candidates that, uh, sorry, progressive presidents that we've had. But I agree that you're absolutely right that, honestly, that's kind of just based on time. That's like saying this is going to be the election where most people vote. Right. But there's there there needs to be more to that story because but the, as time goes on, more people show up. As time goes on, we become a more progressive, um, you know, a, we become a, a more progressive nation. However, it's important to note that we we constantly have kickbacks. We constantly have those fits. So I do think that his, um, I do think that him being uh, the most progressive president matters because of progress. We need to have that progress regardless. Like uh, we 
cannot have that progress when it comes to Donald Trump. We know that. So it is important for us to elect a Joe, a Joe Biden and make sure that um, we push his ass to where we need him to be. I made a an off-color joke about a movie that we won't mention <laughs> about how I wanted to... Uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, it was... I- I don't disagree with what you're saying, Train, but let me just push back on you a little bit Hit it. because the Trump administration has literally shifted the right bounds miles to being really the alt right at this point. But how in this administration? How? The, the, the I think I personally don't think that the the Republican Party has really moved that much. In, in I think of... ideologi- ideologically they have moved and I think they've definitely moved more than in in terms of a presidency than the left has moved. I, if we're and again that's a in my, in my opinion that's a that's a comparison from the left and the right. I agree that the left has a problem moving left versus the right having a like being more susceptible to move to the right. But I honestly, if you're looking, if, if you told me Ted Cruz was elected president and then told me the things that Donald Trump did, I wouldn't say that's surprising. That's This is the Republican Party. Like, this is who I think the Republican Party is. Whereas the Democratic Party, I, I do believe we have, we have to drag some of these motherfuckers kicking and screaming to the left. I think that that's absolutely right. And I think that Joe Biden's going to be one of those people where we have to drag him kicking and screaming to the left because he still believes that we can all work together and we can all talk to each other and the left and the the Republicans and the Democrats can work together and form legislation. And it's like, my man, no, they can't. (laughs) You need to get rid of the filibuster. You need to add seats to the court and you need to get a fucking progressive agenda passed. And I don't know if he's there, but I, I, I don't think that like some of the things I, I, I do think that this president has an, an uh, maybe I, I don't want to say unique ability of being a horrible human being because again there are a lot of people on that on that like conservative wing that are that for him, um, but but I I don't know if I I don't know if I'd say he's pulled them to he's pulled them more to the right I think that he's doing what he. Uh, I think he's doing things that, you know, benefit him. And if it so happens that it's what galvanizes the right, then lucky for him. He's latched onto the alt-right because the alt-right latched onto him. Like, that's that's where I'm at, I think. I, I do, I think he is in a, a horrible human being, absolutely. But do I think he created the... I don't think he created what he has right there. I think that he capitalized on it. I don't think I wouldn't say that Trump has pulled the Republican Party more right. I think Donald Trump has pulled the Republican Party away from decency in politics, which is something that the left doesn't really have. Like the the decency, just like the general like rules of what everyone would follow, the unspoken rules like the being polite and being um deferential civility. and civility like that's i think the way trump has pulled the republican party i i think the any policy you look at that donald trump has touted or passed uh wouldn't be um out of place in a bush presidency it's just that the actions of him um the the uh bucking of norms 
and civility is what Donald Trump has done to the Republican Party. And I unfortunately, I think to our detriment, the left holds on to those norms and that idea of civility um, to the extreme. I would say, I would say, I would, uh, if I can, we're, we're all doing some pushing back. <laughs> Let me push back on that just a little bit. One, I don't think everybody on the left feels that way. In fact, no, not everybody on the left, but the politicians, the, the, the old school Washington yes. politicians yeah. like Joe Biden, like Nancy Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer, yeah. like those who are going to actually have the power are the ones that feel like we need to just maintain that level of civility yeah, I, and, and protocol, which is what we absolutely need to get rid of. Well, protocol is different than civility. Protocol means you're following the standard precedent of what has happened for years and years and years. Yeah, but civility that's Civility something... is something entirely different. But those are I both things I personally don't that... see the value in being civil towards someone that wants to take away pre-existing conditions and i don't see the value in protocol that has allowed you know the uh that the republicans have so willingly given up on with the filibuster so they can fill over a hundred federal court seats and this supreme court like they've they are willing to get rid of both civility and protocol and they're not the same thing but we are so like the not we as in you and I, right. but the Washington Democrats are so stuck in their ways with both civility and protocol. Oh, we need to keep the filibuster because it's this historic uh, thing. We yeah. should not get rid of Like, no, that's absolute bullshit. It's fucking garbage. And, and then, yeah. like you said, with civility, when we have a party that just, you know, calls our members pedophiles because it's good for because them it's, like, it's it's ridiculous that we try to be civil in the face of that so both of those things so I think. if i may translate you basically think that the democrats are keeping towards these old institutions to save face and it's hurting them more than it's helping them because the republicans abandoned that years ago yeah i don't even i don't know if it's necessarily to save face i i, I in the in the like the case of Joe Biden, I genuinely think he believes that we need to be civil and we need to follow protocol. Like, I think he thinks that to his core. Yeah. Um, and I hope that's something that we can dissuade him from because it's just hurting people. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that especially with the, the stealing of this Supreme court seat, one of the things that you're going to see that you hopefully will see from, um, even the even the more moderate and centrist Democrats is the fact that like this is what happens when you kind of just go well the rules are the rules we have the rules set and we can't change the rules mm -hmm. um, we gotta just kind of go with what we gotta go with the flow of what's going on like this this can't be the way that it continues no right? like we allowed the Republicans to change the rules as they have been for years about like the filibuster when it comes to judicial nominees that the Democrats did not put up a single fight. Like you, I don't think the average American has any idea that we allowed Mitch McConnell to eliminate the filibuster for judicial nominees. Um, and the fact that we let the Republicans then go all over the media and say, they're going to, court pack they're going to change the number of seats in the supreme court when it's the exact same thing of just changing the protocol not actually changing anything that's in the constitution yep. or affecting the rules of the land like 
and acting like we are absolutely terrible human beings for implying that we'll add seats to the court when they completely changed this rule and, and we did nothing. Like that's that's I think a good example of how the the protocol argument gets used against us for yeah. sure. The unwritten rule of we can't uh, we can't seat a Supreme Court justice in an election year mm-hmm. was used against Barack Obama when he nominated Merrick Garland with over 200 days until the election. Um, One of those people, um, Senator Lindsey Graham, who seemingly is just fine. He's, he's cut out the part of himself that cares when the president mocks his dead best friend. Um, He cut that part out. That part doesn't exist anymore. He is now just Lindsey for Trump. And he also cut out. Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. You move can't. on. Move on. Move on. Okay. okay. Uh, but <laughs> I, I truly think that he uh, he uh, likes men, which is like, which is... I'm all for it. Lindsey Graham, just come out. Look, just come out of the closet. Look, I'm. No, we're not saying anything except like, you know, it's bad when you're legislating so terribly against a community that you are potentially a part of. Lady G, be cool. Anyway, anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on. Will the will the LGBTQ plus community accept Lindsey Graham? Fuck no, they won't accept. <laughs> By the way, uh, fuck no, they won't accept Lindsey Graham. No, because he's the worst. But anyway, he he famously said, "Use my words against me" regarding his opposition to a hearing for Merrick Garland. Um, <laughs> hilariously enough. Um, People are using his words against him against Jamie when he's running against Jamie Harrison. Um, so fucking Godspeed, Jamie Harrison. Go take that fucking seat from that just awful human being. Um, <laughs> let's move to um, let's move to the Trump closing message because the Trump co- closing message is very interesting. It is one. Um, I sure COVID deaths are real high right now, but they don't matter. Two, I will freeze you. I will leave you out in the cold. Uh, and uh, three, I will also let you um, <laughs> have to get hospitalized for heat stroke. This motherfucker is doing everything he can to um, hurt his uh, <laughs> hurt his own supporters. Um, uh, Katrina, what are your thoughts? I think that Trump's closing argument is solely for his base. Like every single argument he's made this entire election or since he's been originally elected has been like, he does nothing to reach out to undecided voters, middle of the ground voters, Democrats, he can sway. But what about Absolutely what part nothing. of giving them hypothermia is like, <laughs> getting is trying to get on their good side. yeah let's let's talk about let's dive into that story just a little bit yeah so the trump campaign bust a bunch of supporters into a field <laughs> i i feel like iowa is i state? thought it was i thought it was nebraska nebraska i think it was because i think a state with a field he's he... playing for that he's playing for that congressional district in nebraska <laughs> with because nebraska doesn't give all of their votes to 
um the winner of the elect the, the winner of the state they do it by district as well i'm i'm sorry i just picked a state with fields um <laughs> You hear that, Iowa? We only think you a field. So they bust a bunch of supporters into a field. They had a campaign rally. And then the Trump campaign left and did not provide busing back to the vehicles of their supporters. You know what? It goes into the age-old story of I had to walk two miles in the snow barefoot. (laughs) Apparently not. Apparently they just stood in the field for hours. Yep. Until some of them had to be taken away in ambulances. So that's a good story. Seven, right? Seven of them got hypothermia? I feel like that was the number we heard. <laughs> and then, like. Maybe they just should have picked themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah. yeah. Warm yourself Definitely. up by your bootstraps. Or walked. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, I don't mean to sound insensitive. No. Uh, what? We're not. We care about. What? <laughs> Hang on. What? Hang on. Hang on. Listen here, Omaha. We here at Alcoholics, we care about you. And we uh, we honestly can't believe that bastard left you out in the cold like that. Except we certainly can believe it. He's been saying he's going to do it to everybody forever. And you really should have fucking saw it coming! I feel like it was either the next day or the day after. They're like, we've learned our lesson Let's have a rally in the very, very hot heat where multiple of our supporters need to be, again, taken away in ambulances due to heat exhaustion. So, hmm. I wonder if any of these people at these rallies may have come to the conclusion that Donald Trump doesn't actually care about them. I feel like the answer is no. Uh... Okay, and that will literally never be the key, the conclusion of any Trump's right. He like, was testing us. He was testing like, our resilience and resolve. I haven't looked much into it, but I would love to see some interviews for these people who were hospitalized. Here's the thing: like, I want, please, please show me an interview of them saying he didn't know. I <laughs> want, I want fifteen minute updates on where their mind is at. I want like, fi- like. 15 minutes in the cold. Oh, you know, it's, you know, he's just, he, he had to go. He's very, he's a very important man. 30 minutes, 30 minutes later. I mean, you know, I'm sure they're coming to get us. It was, you know, it's probably, you know, a quick thing they had to do. It was a, it was a quick rally. He's important. 45 minutes. It's fucking cold out here. (laughs) I'm really cold, but I'm, I know he's sending the bus. He's sending the bus. One hour. I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> You're wrong. He's actively tried to kill me. I You're know. Wrong. I know. There I was know. never a turn because they are completely indoctrinated and it's a cult and he could literally you know, murder you know their who children. Made it that cold? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe goddamn Hillary fucking turned on the winter machine in Omaha and made it real cold. That mur- that that was really I mean, really it's good. just like like I completely believe this didn't change anybody on his side, but you have to hope that in the last week of the election, if the big news stories about your campaign are all the people going to your rallies who need to be hospitalized, 
That's not positive news coverage. No, especially um, when the other stories about what's going on in the country are all of the people that are being hospitalized because of right. your incompetence. Yeah. Abby, what are your thoughts on the president's closing message of, I guess I'll either freeze or burn all of you? I mean, what is there to say? <laughs> really? It just, it, it goes to show that he does not care about other people but himself. And I've been saying this from the beginning. When he does attempt to care about other people, it is only to make himself be in a better position to look like he, you know, he did the thing, you know? I think that's why, I think that's one of the reasons why he touts the military and the police so much. It's like, oh, uh, I'm doing such great things for these groups. And it's really only to make himself seem better among his base. Mm -hmm. Everything everything he does is to keep his base. And his base is not going anywhere. No. In yeah. fact, his, his base is what is keeping him in this election, and he knows that. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And, I'm sorry, God. I... <laughs> It's so obvious. Like it's it's so stupid that we even have to talk about it, right? Oh, there's Jeff with the refill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I I just like it's so clear. It's so obvious. It's so blatant. He this is who he is. This is who he said he was from the beginning. This is who he's always proved to be. And it's like, why do we even have to talk about it? Why do we have to have a conversation? Why does this election have to be in question at all? It's so infuriating that suddenly it's like caring about other people is a weakness. Like, I yeah, we're and we're looking. We we do have. Based on based on polling data and numbers, um, it does kind of show that there are fewer dis, uh, undecideds in this uh, specific election. There are fewer people who are choosing between one or the other. Um, we saw that there were a larger number last uh, last presidential election, 2016, and a lot of those people um, broke for Donald Trump. You're not seeing that amount now, and you're also seeing the fact that a lot of these people have voted. A lot of people have already voted. So the the fact that like your closing message, like the president has offered up no second term agenda. Like we're not seeing, I don't see anything regarding what the president is going to do in a second term. They literally no... refuse to put out a policy platform. No. Like... They, they said they just went, we'll do the last one. <laughs> like that's what the, 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 the 2020 uh, Republican platform is what it was last time. In but Trump's mind, we're great, and our policy is we're gonna kick ass and take names. Keep America great. Yeah, it's like what is what does that mean? <laughs> I I went to visit my grandma the uh like a few weeks ago, and she lives in Carbon County. Which, if you guys live in Bloomsburg, it's like the Tamaqua area. It's very, very uh, desolate. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not much there. There's really nothing there, actually. All the Trump flags, and there was a lot, mind you, the, the Trump flags that were purchased and flown by these people in this town, they all said, make liberals cry. Yeah. That is their policy. Imagine having a policy or an ideology, rather, 
that your whole ideology is trying to piss off the other side. There's a lot of people that believe nothing. They want nothing besides to make the other side angry. And I personally don't agree with that. I don't think that does anything for people like us that, you know, we were better off than most people probably, but there's tons of people out there in America that deserve better. And even the people I don't like that, that I argue with that, you know, maybe, you know, not, they might, they may have voted for Trump. I still want them to have access to affordable health care, to not have to worry if they have enough money to send their kid to school, to not have to worry about how they're going to sustain their business during a global pandemic. Like the bar that we set for ourselves is ridiculous. We should be wanting as Americans so much more but of course the conversation is oh we need to do this first like no we can do things simultaneously yeah i think that there's a there's an issue where we all kind of forget that we can walk and chew gum at the same time i think that one of the things that is super important is that we all like like not we all let's 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 talk specifically about the pandemic a lot of small business owners, a lot of like more conservative small business owners rather, were mad that um, our governor, Tom Wolf, um, would put restrictions on the amount of people that can be in a place or close a place for a while. And it was literally because we are dealing with an, we are dealing with a pandemic that is killing a lot of people and it is very easily spread through the air, right? That is the that is the realistic uh the realistic um um action to do, right? We if it's if it's incredibly communicable and uh like that we need to stop getting people gathered into whatever kind of small spaces, including businesses. And 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 business owners were really really angry at Wolf for making these restrictions and they weren't angry at their government for not financing them during this time. Like, th- it they should've... literally called Tom Wolf a Nazi. They called Tom they Wolf a Nazi. Mad. They called Tom Wolf a Nazi, a dictator. And it's like, mm, no. <laughs> like, let's let's be honest. Let's who should we be mad at? We should be mad at a federal government that is not uh subsidizing these businesses during this incredibly hard time. Like mm-hmm. there should have been uh like the the small business uh loans that were given out that the the PPP that were giving out given out to like fucking still rich like Kanye fucking West. Like like <laughs> no. Like absolutely not. It shouldn't it, it should have been that that these small places were able to have access to that funding, but there's so much misplaced anger. There's so much, uh, like just, just this fury that happens. And it's not directed at those who actually are responsible. It's directed at like, I look, do I think Tom Wolf has done everything right? No. In fact, I think the opening of bars is a stupid fucking idea that has helped, uh, put our numbers back up. I think that I think that his problem is that he he 
caves to, um, you know, people on the right who were like, we need to open stuff. We need to like, I think that's what the problem is. I think that it, but it's not his fault that we don't have federal funding that should be going to these businesses that can keep them afloat. I agree that this pandemic could shut down businesses. I agree that businesses shouldn't shut down for it. And I think that it's very clear that the federal government has the funding to make sure that that does not happen, but they choose not to. And that is where we need to be. We need to be making sure that there's fuck rent forgiveness. We need to cancel rent right now. Like there are a lot I mean, of the, the proposed Republican stimulus bill a few months ago was giving all the money basically to the Pentagon. Yeah. Not to rent evictions. Yeah. Like and- what is, what does that do for the ordinary person? Even, even the most nothing. recent bill that passed, like the, that the Senate wanted to pass. The primary purpose is to provide businesses with liability shields. Yes. Like it's, they don't, they, there's no back- money for everyday people. It's it's money for corporations mm-hmm. and and liability protection for businesses so yeah. they can just reopen and if some people get sick and die they're not responsible. Yeah. It is it and th- those are the That's those what they the- care about. And it's again, it's so obvious. <laughs> but people don't care and they don't look into it and they believe that it's Hunter Biden that's destroying America. <laughs> it is. When we have Ivanka Trump and her husband as White House staff with hey. absolutely zero qualifications. Hey, don't talk but about Jared. The Biden like that. family's corrupt. Jared solved Middle East peace. And Ivanka and got patents from that China. I can work in the White House, excuse me. Legit, as ju- just have someone who is sort of related to you get elected, and you are fucking in, my man. You but that's are in. I, that's the uh, one of the other messages as in Trump's final moments is trying so hard to make Hunter Biden Wait, as we got to you not Trump's final moments his, his last his closing his argument closing argument final moments sounds Synonyms. different no final Synonyms. moments sounds different and it sounds like a thing that the the, the secret service can come to our home for so we don't <laughs> want that we want his closing argument yes Another point of Trump's closing argument is Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the big things they're trying so hard to push. And, oh, my God, the liberal networks aren't covering this clearly fabricated Russian piece of, like, disinformation. Uh, evil, honestly, even, like, like let's be clear. I, it's possible that some, like, it's possible that the, the emails exist. It is a not followable story that doesn't implicate Joe Biden at all. Right. <laughs> like, that's the, pro- like, that's the problem with it, right? The problem, a- no, no, that's not the problem with it. What's the problem The with problem it? with it is Trump trying to push that, Hunter Biden is, is making make- money mm-hmm. off of Joe Biden's name. Yep. Okay. When that is the only source of income for any Trump child that exists. I'm sure Tiffany has done. No, <laughs> she absolutely has not. Okay. <laughs> I was a little, I'm a little upset. I work for a digital forensic company in Philly mm-hmm. and this happened in Wilmington. I would, I would have died if this computer came to our company for analysis i i just think about that but just to be clear we received this oh my gosh 
But of course, it went to fucking Rudy Giuliani. There, there, there was. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who, who is the most? Granted, he has the most integrity out of any man. Look, ever. I don't. I'm not disputing that. We both know that Rudy is is just unbelievably. His name is Rudy. It was yeah. named after Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes, and and what do we all know about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? That he tucks his shirt in while lying down flat on a bed. Uh, let's not. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Look, everybody who hasn't watched the Borat film doesn't get to comment. <laughs> do I need to watch it to know that Rudy Giuliani was trying to fuck that 15-year-old girl. He uh, who was played by a 20-something-year-old girl. Which and the and the age was never mentioned. Look, again, I'm not trying to get sued by Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I look, I you know, you know what's crazy? I still sometimes treat this podcast. Okay, so you know how people are like like they don't want taxes on the rich to go up because they think they may become rich at some point. I still treat this podcast as if at some point, I this podcast may get bigger, and I don't want terrible things to come out of it. Too late, man. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought this fire on as your co-host. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought about that before you created a podcast where everyone just gets drunk. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's... it's... By the way, I, uh, I've been pretending to write things down on the back of this sticker it's literally just it's you can't see this but i wrote down your last name uh phonetically and underlined it and then i've just been writing scribbles as the podcast has been going on to like go yeah i get it call spotify call apple music <gasps> tell them the legit tell them to put your show at number can, one can i just point out he's such a good host if i look like let's just be clear i have just as much right to claim that i should have the top podcast as joe rogan i don't see what the difference is besides the fact that i'm not inviting climate deniers and transphobes on my podcast i don't see what the difference between me and joe rogan is Besides the fact that he's inviting and uh, he sucks. I don't like him. No one should. Train, you deserve that number one spot. I earned it. I earned it. I'm still writing scribbles right now. So why don't we talk about the main message of Trump's closing arguments? What is that? Can you name what that is? Yes, I can. And it's. COVID, COVID, COVID. Oh, my goodness. His his anger at the coverage of COVID-19. Multiple times he's mentioned that CNN's spending way too much time covering COVID-19. I mean, like, COVID, COVID, COVID. Like, what? Yeah. Like, as if it's not a thing that's happening. The pres- Not a big deal. <laughs> but as- they're spending so much time on it. The like- president keeps complaining about it. And it's like, right, but... 230 plus Americans have died. 30,000. 30,000. I forgot the thousand. I that was that was implied. The 230,000 plus Americans have died. It's like, right, that's that's a big story. <laughs> Is it though because Donald Trump Jr. said that like basically no one has died, right? 
I like mean, that number is basically if, if I, nothing. If I could say something, I don't, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it almost feels like the more people that pass away from this horrible illness, it's like there's more anonymity if the numbers go higher. Like say okay. 11 people died in a bombing, which has happened many times, unfortunately. <laughs> You, we I'm can list all, all their names. We can know about all of them. Mm-hmm. We don't know about 230 people. So what? So saying the number 230 people have died. Thousand. Thousand. Sorry, 230,000 no. people. I did have it. Died. I did it. I did. Sorry, it. that's the white cloth talking. No, that's okay. I did it. <laughs> that's the spend. Um, it almost gives like it's almost like not. It doesn't register yeah. with yeah. people because it's like who are who are those. 230,000 people, you know? I, I think that that's definitely fair. That's I think, so true. I think, it really is. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I think that it's it's definitely we're looking at a situation where, um, you know, if you don't, like, like, if it's as an, if we see it as an abstract, if we pretend it's an abstract, it remains an abstract, they, right? They like to put it as a percentage. And then be like, oh, yeah. only 97% of people have died. Mm-hmm. And that's like, or, or, I'm sorry. Whoa. Ninety-seven percent of people have survived, yeah. so that number looks really great. And it also, and then you're like, wait a minute, let me come. <laughs> but it also, it also, not only does it neglect all of the people who have been diagnosed, but it also neglects all of the people who have, who will continue to have lasting effects mm-hmm. from what has happened. Right? Like, it, there are there are numerous, um, numerous effects that come with COVID that could stay with you and do stay with you. After um, you potentially uh, recover from it, and it, the the White House seems to not make sort of like not care about that. They don't yeah. they don't think about that. And I think I think to the point that Abby made, like the biggest tragedy that has ever hit the United States is nine eleven, and we had about three thousand people who died on that day. We are on track to surpass 10 times that number yeah. due to COVID-19. Yeah. And it is absolutely not given the same weight. Not in any way, shape, or form given the same weight. And they try to make justifications for why it's not. Because of comorbidities or they're elderly or other just like things that's like, Anyone who knows someone who has passed away would say that doesn't mean they deserve to die, right? It's really insidious how much people tried to manipulate statistics, right? If anyone saw that Axios interview, I think it was like two months ago that Trump did, that was a perfect example of how you speaking about statistics in a very limited sense uh, can be actually uh, misinterpreted and lead to something kind of dangerous, actually. Mm. Um, So I think that when we talk about this virus, when we talk about, you know, the rates of something or what have you, especially when it comes to the Trump administration and their campaign, 
I feel like further information really is needed. They they provided no reason why we should we should believe anything they say, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um. So when they say a statistic, I always try to. I mean, you can't. I can't spend like forty hours, you know, weekly trying to fact check the entire administration. But I would say if you find a statistic that is listed by the Trump campaign, I research what that statistic actually is and what it means Mm -hmm. and it's usually honestly it's usually not that hard because normally they kind of just give bold-faced lies that are that are verifiable (laughs) like the the trump campaign has not shied away from making incredibly verifiably false claims they've done that on numerous occasions um they don't talk about how um his inaction on corona uh has uh disproportionately affected communities of color that is something that he yes. never fucking brings up but, but he he calls himself the new abraham lincoln he's abraham, basically Abra- abraham lincoln over here he, he is he is it is just unbelievably callous um the way that this white house has treated um covid and not not just co- like legit again when there are when there are problems with anything when there are specific uh national issues that happen they tend to fall onto people of color except for the opioid epidemic which was actually missed by people of color not not largely but like not as like a bigger percentage and that's because doctors don't take co- uh uh pain um <laughs> they don't take uh, when people of color say they're in pain they don't take that as seriously um so luckily for us we're not dying from opioids as often <laughs> but <laughs> i i digress um uh-huh. <laughs> i digress um like the the president has continued his his callous view of um, this incredibly dangerous thing that's going on to the point where he continues to say, oh, well, fir- firstly, he he tries to take credit for the phrase, the uh, cure can't be as bad as the disease, which wasn't his, but also is stupid. Um, yeah, death is kind of worse than anything, I think. <laughs> it's kind of like the end all. Death end all. Is Nothing worse. No going back. Death. <laughs> like bankruptcy that's hard you can come back i mean it's it's hard he's done it like three times only one only one ever come back from death so (laughs) um (laughs) uh before uh, so so kind of just to end the president seems to have no um second term agenda which is like that's new right that's a new thing where the incumbent president doesn't have an argument for what the second term is going to be. Uh, this is. Why should he? <laughs> I. <laughs> why? Why? Like why? Should... Why should he? Because I want to know what we're in for. <laughs> I mean, Steve Miller just put out a new immigration agenda. That so was yes. That seemed to be their only quality tops. Yep. Real good for Ugh. people. Thank goodness we know that Stephen Miller will continue to be a part of this. Horrible administration. So, hooray. Um, let's let's move to just we're gonna quickly cover this because um, I want to get to our last topic because I feel like it might be a little bit longer. So I want to quickly cover this. Um, 
what to expect on election night. Um, a lot of a lot of different states have a lot of different rules. Um, we are in a pandemic, so a lot of mail in uh, a lot of mail in ballots are coming in, um, as well as people going through the polls on election day. Like like Katrina and myself, we're going to be going to elect uh, to the polls, right? Yep. Uh, and to be clear, I. I don't go pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I have just been mostly just hanging. Just the liquor store. <laughs> just the liquor store. I go to the liquor store and drive throughs <laughs> um, Otherwise, I get people to deliver stuff to me. <laughs> and I hang out here and gain weight. Um, but... <laughs> uh, so we're going to be going to the uh, polls. A lot of, a lot of um, uh, states are doing, you know... Um, a lot of mail-in, and because of that, there are a lot of rules uh, between different states as to which states um, can count what ballots when, which is fucking stupid. Abby, you seem to you seem to have a thought of that. Go ahead, go ahead. What's up? I'm shaking my head so much. It's- yeah. So fortunately, in Pennsylvania, they did rule that if your ballot is postmarked by election day. Uh, it will be counted up until the following Friday. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in Wisconsin, the Republican-led state Supreme Court ruled differently. And for me, the principle is, why are we not making sure that every eligible person has the right to vote, vote regardless if they actually utilize it? Do you want the real answer? We, we have the answer. We Do you can want tell that you why. We no, both... I know the answer. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> It's a rhetor. It's called a rhetorical question. We just wanted to make sure it was rhetorical. Yeah, yeah. We had the answer, but we wanted to. We both, both of us wanted to make sure it was rhetorical. <laughs> Sorry, I I hear I get very monotone sometimes, and no, no, that was us both being dicks. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, to, good to know. Um, so when it comes to the decision about mail-in voting first of all trump is definitely making it harder to mail and vote because historically absentee voting has favored democratic tickets okay mm-hmm. um there has been a comment i believe from brett brett kavanaugh mm-hmm. that said that if we count votes after the election it might change the outcome And it's like, this isn't like secondary votes. This is the election. These are the votes. In fact, with a postal service that the Republicans purposefully slow down. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Louis DeJoy. I personally just think that more people need to educate themselves on voter suppression in this country because... I really do think that it is a topic that hasn't gained as much political momentum as other topics. And it's truly astonishing to me that we don't make voting a a right in this country. We act like we do, but we really take the measures to make sure that people can't exercise or they will have the hardest time Mm -hmm. exercising their right to vote. Uh, in this country. It's just, I don't understand the principle. If I, for example, lived in Wisconsin and I mailed my ballot, uh, let's say November 1st, 
I cast my vote November 1st. Mm -hmm. I don't have control on whether the postmark, uh, the, the post office gets and counts the ballot by November 3rd, but that vote should be counted. And especially in a global pandemic, you know, people are concerned for their safety. Who is enforcing these poll stations to adhere to the policies that are enacted? Probably no one. I personally, I see a lot of people wearing their masks with like their nose like not covered. Mm. Like what is that shit? (laughs) Um, It's just to summarize my opinion. It's a shit show. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think most people realize it, but our right to vote is not like enshrined in the constitution. Like it is not a clear cut thing that, Every citizen of the United States above age 18 has a right to vote and their vote is, you know, should be counted. It's, it's such an, I I honestly think we need a constitutional amendment. Um, But the Republican Party has made it clear for a long, long time that their goal is to suppress voter turnout. They have, there have been statements on the record that they will do better when the voter turnout is less. They've stated we had a, a governor, um, a candidate for governor in PA that said voter Scott ID. Perry. It was fucking Scott Perry, I'm pretty sure. Scott Walker. Scott, Scott, no, no. It's a one. Scott Perry? I Well, hang on. Let's it's be- a combination of like multiple Republican names. It is because Scott, Scott Walker was the former governor of Wisconsin. The I feel Re- like it's not Scott Perry. I think you might be right. It's Scott Walker. You go ahead and say it. No, and I'm going to look it up. It's a yeah. Anyway, that literally said voter ID will give PA to the Republicans. Like anything they can do to suppress the vote is a positive for Republicans. The more people that vote and the more votes that are counted, the more Democrats win. That is a fact that has been proven. If every right. single... And it's been proven because we have not had a president that has won the popular vote since Reagan. I, a Republican I, president. I tell this to Jeff all the time. President. I think about this all the time. Imagine if every president that we elected was nominated by popular vote so that meant that would mean that bush never became president how would how different would our country be absolutely if we did not have the middle east policies of bush yeah think about that agreed and and we had the if we had the uh forward thinking of regarding um the climate of al gore i just really want to really quick also I really, part of me doesn't want to know that because Lieberman would have been the goddamn vice president. Um, I just want to real quick. Uh, the person who said that was Mike Terzai. It was what? not. Yeah, it was Mike Terzai. Okay. I thought it was our governor candidate. No, that was. Mike Terzai was the sen- speaker of the House of PA. Yep, that's correct. And in 2012, in June, he said the thing about uh, voter ID helping. Scott Wagner. Wagner was the governor candidate. Yeah, but that yes, that's correct. But he's not the one who said the quote. Got it though. 
Yeah, yeah. We knew where we were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Regardless. We just want you regardless. to know that sometimes listening to Alcoholics <laughs> is like a Hercule Poirot novel, okay? You are just getting little bits of a mystery that we're putting together. <laughs> and when we put it together, you still won't know what the fuck's going on. And you shouldn't, because it's stupid. <laughs> I, I, I want to, I think what is so, so clearly <laughs> evident is that the Republicans want less votes counted. So clear Why? by all the court, ha- court cases, Why? by all the laws passed by Republicans. Yeah, okay, it seems very straightforward. You should be able to show an ID when you vote. That I they made that seem so basic that why would anyone argue against that? The entire point is to discount votes from people of color. Why? What do you think and that that's the a thing problem is, for them? There are going to be uh lower income white folks that are also disenfranchised from that policy. That's just a trade-off that they make. Absolutely. If you've, um, if I could add a good book recommendation is uh, One Person No Vote by Carol Anderson. So eye-opening. It's a very short uh, to the point read. So I would suggest if you have the time during COVID, order it, read it. It's eye-opening. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see a Republican state legislature government pass laws that make it easier for more people to vote never then that's so like it's so clear to everyone why that is yeah i, I think that's fair and, I, and I, I think that like you said we're seeing turnout numbers just in these early elections that are so amazing i find them amazing i find texas's numbers texas, absolutely incredible texas currently the people and so like inspiring the amount of people who have cast a vote in Texas um, is the is over now. Currently, over the amount of people who cast a vote the entirety um, in twenty sixteen. Uh, I mean, I think that's a good thing to speculate. Like, why why don't we have two weeks to cast our vote? Why and, does it have to be on the same day unless and, you don't live in the state or the country? And let's, you know, why can't we normalize uh, mail-in voting if you have a busy lifestyle? Yeah. And, and let's be clear about Texas. Texas also had a governor, has uh, has a governor, um, Greg Abbott, uh, you bastard, who uh, made it so that each specific county gets one um, mail-in drop box. One. One. Keep in mind, they have a county with like 10,000 people, or I, I don't remember, somewhere between I 10 and 40,000 like people. And then they million. have, and no, no, hang on. That was the low end. Oh, sorry, sorry. They have, a, they have a county that's the size of fucking Delaware in terms of population. And they said they should each have the same amount of drop boxes. That is... Counties in Texas are like states yeah again same size states delaware my like that is it is it is bananas it's bananas you said in terms of population yeah not landmass oh landmass i'm sure they're the size of states as well and and that actually does uh, create a well let me let me be clear i don't know the i didn't (laughs) i don't know the exact size of the counties in texas landmass wise i think we can guarantee that people have to travel far just to get to the drop box yes yes yeah i agree i agree 
And that is that is. And they still are surpa- like just killing it. And they still killing it. They're still making sure they vote. And I I love this like vote out of spite situation like one of my one of i i I know that people want to want that that tail in your face is hilarious i i know that people want to like vote for something right we want to vote for who we believe in we want to vote for what we believe in we want to vote for someone who um who has the policies and the proposals that feel the most pertinent and the most um expedient and the most um uh important to us and i agree with that i also really love the idea of people voting because fuck you for saying i couldn't fuck you for trying to stop me from doing it how dare you try to stop me from this right that i have i will show you i will get there and i don't give a goddamn what you say i love that that is one of my favorite things about this democracy that that you can try. Do I think that you should try to legislate people out of the vote? Absolutely not. I think it's fucking heinous, but I love when you try it and they fucking do it anyway, because fuck you. That's where I'm at. Um, Hell yeah. See, I don't like I'm, what to up? combat that. How do you measure that? You really can't. You can't. I feel like Joe Biden has kind of run his entire campaign off of I'm not Trump. So in a sense, he is a spiteful candidate. Yeah. And I just don't think that that uh, leads towards a really comprehensive road. So I would just kind of push back on that thought. I do like when people go out to the polls and they travel so far and they wait so long in line and they still do the goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is they shouldn't fucking have to. I agree. Absolutely not. That, see, we're that's... all fucking busy. Right. Or even if we're not, you shouldn't have to wait two hours in line. That's where the, that's, see, I agree with that. You're not getting any sort of argument with me about that. That is 100% correct. No one should have to ha- have to have this fight. No one should have to have to fucking cross out an entire day to be able to go do something that they have the right to do. No one should have to, uh, have to, um, take the amount of time that a lot of people have to take. No one should have to, but they fucking do it anyway. And that's what I, that's what I find inspiring. I, I I think it's fucking heinous. I think it's terrible. And if you early podcasts, one of the, one of the main things I've said was we need to make sure that people have the right to vote and it's not questionable and it's not a problem. I've said that numerous times. I still say that I believe that to my core, but when people are, dealt a hand where it is literally saying you can't do it and they find a way when they push and they persevere and they fight and they scratch and they claw their way to the voter booth to say fuck you I've done it that gets me that gets me and I don't think they should have to do it but the fact that they do the fact that the fact that Doug Jones was elected in Alabama in Alabama the reddest of red when black women stepped up and said I'm going to make sure that jo- that uh Doug Jones is elected that got me that's that's that shit that's fucking that hits me that hits me 
right in the heart because I know these people did not have an easy road to get there. These people did not have a like a, a normal, just normal voting experience like I'm gonna have. On Tuesday, I'm gonna walk into a I'm gonna walk into a lineless fucking consistory. I'm gonna go vote and I'm gonna walk out and go get five guys. And it's not even gonna be a fucking question because I live in a rural white neighborhood. It's not gonna be a question for me. It's not gonna be a problem for me. It's not gonna be an issue for me. The, some of these people have to deal with so much more than I will ever have to. And I am, I am always enamored and, and, and just in awe of their perseverance and ability to step up to the plate and do the right thing. And it's asked of them all too often and they keep fucking doing it anyway. And I, I think that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't think anyone should have to go through this. I think there should be automatic voter registration, which you said earlier. I agree. I think I said this on, on I said I've said this on early podcasts. There should be automatic voter registration. There should be a uh, national uh, sorry, a, a federal holiday. Um, honestly, it should be illegal to have to work on Election Day. In my opinion, there there should be so many ways that you can vote. And the fact that there's not is un, unfathomable. But the fact that people step up and just do it anyway, just to just to do it anyway, that that gets me. I think that's super important. Any yeah. anyone else? Sorry, I like Hell gave yeah. like a I gave like a fucking three minute what monologue. What you said? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm honestly sorry. I didn't mean. I to. echo Katrina. No. Yeah. You're good. Why don't you tell us about what states we will know okay. on election night? So election night, there are some states that we will know. Colorado, we will likely know. By the way, this is all coming from a 538 article. Um, so it's if if I'm wrong, blame them. Um, uh, Colorado, we will likely know on election night. Florida, we will know if it's not too close to call, which based on the Florida? history of Florida, <laughs> we won't know. Um, it's Florida. It's Florida. We have no fucking idea what's going to happen. Also, Georgia, um, if it's not too close to call, we should know um, what's going on with Georgia. Those are some of like the, the battleground states that... Um, Texas? Texas, we... I, I I don't know that you had it on the list, but I feel like we I, I we think, read that we should know Texas. I think we read that we should know Texas. I do have the article again. It's called "When the Polls Close." It yeah. is a five thirty eight article. Um, and when it says uh, regarding Texas and the timing of the results, it says the bulk of results will be known on election night. Um, yeah, the whole point of this section of the podcast is that some states have laws that say you cannot start counting the vote. PA. The uh, mail-in vote votes until election this day. Um, so Current state. certain states can start counting right away and they will have results for us on election day. But like Turing said, Pennsylvania has a law. <laughs> we cannot count the election, uh, the ballots received by mail until election day. Katrina. Therefore, we're not going to know the results until likely Friday yep, for Friday. Pennsylvania. Katrina, real quick, um, did the legislature try to fix that? And by the by that, I mean, um, it was uh, legislation proposed to count uh, the ballots uh, so that we have them. 
before election day? I believe it was proposed, but we have a Republican legislature. So they're like, nah, why would we want to do that? We want to sow as much chaos around this election as possible to possibly sway it for Trump. That was my final, that was my uh, follow-up question. Yep, yep, yep. That's what this all is about, everybody. Um, um, uh, Abby, what are you, uh, so... (laughs) What are you looking for on on election night? I mean, it's we're we're looking at a situation where it is very difficult to kind of navigate what's going to happen, right? We don't know the specifics of what state what exact states are going to be called, what states um like, you know, what the number will be. What are you what are you looking for to keep your sanity on on election night? Well, if I'm being completely honest, I don't no, from I'll probably tune in a little bit, but I am setting my expectations very low. Yeah, I am not expecting to know the outcome on election night. And for anyone listening, I strongly believe that we that anyone should not know or definitively say this person won on election night, whether that be Trump, whether that be Joe Biden. We will know probably two weeks later. And I know that sucks to hear because I feel like we we want results. You know, we want it super fast. We want the day of. It's it's realistically, it's not going to happen. And if it's a contested election, if it's very, very close, which maybe it may not be. I feel like polling's kind of all over the place. It favors Biden, but we've seen in 2016 if there's a little bit of a chance, Trump can slide in there. So uh, I think that we should all set our expectations low on election night and not jump to any conclusions until all the votes are counted. And that's how it always should be. We shouldn't make a decision until every vote that is eligible, that is within the scope of the election has been counted. Katrina, your rebuttal. Um, <laughs> Terrain and I played around with some <laughs> Wait, maps. Just today. real quick, just real quick. I am joking. There's no rebuttal. You're absolutely no. right. We should no. wait until the votes are counted. Absolutely. That we we are all we are all so high strung and we're gonna be sitting in like right. this in this anxiety until we get what the, the results are. And Though, they, yes, they might take those two weeks. I don't necessarily think they will. However, you're absolutely right that they could take that amount of time. Um, if we look at what happened in 2018, um, there were some states that took longer than, uh, and, and inc- including this primary, took longer than longer. So, so I don't think I'm not. I'm joking, Katrina. Your rebuttal. All right, <laughs> Trina and I played with some maps. Hey, hey, election maps. Um, earlier tonight. Uh, just based on the states that we know we should have accurate results for night of versus those that we know we're gonna have to wait a few days. So PA is not in terms of, them. of democratic positivity. Um, we what what things you should be very happy and positive if you find out that the Democrats won Texas. That's pretty obvious. If we win, if the Democrats win Texas, uh, it's almost guaranteed that we win this election. Yeah. Um, So that's a a positive to look out for that. The turnout numbers make more possible than ever before in like Texas um, in the modern era. 
Um, if the Democrats win Florida night of, which is a possibility, that's also very good for our um, outcome in this election. Um, and we also played with a specific scenario that could possibly happen, but requires some specifics. If the Democrats get Wisconsin and Georgia and North Carolina night of, all of which should be called night of, Democrats should be looking very good for this election. Mm -hmm. So there is the possibility of good news for us on election day, but it requires really specific scenarios. Um, all in all, we're probably going to have to wait for an official result. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that it's very important to understand that we are likely not going to know who the winner of this election is on election night. We want to, we want to so badly. Brett Kavanaugh thinks, thinks that's a law for some reason, which it isn't. And the fact that he's on the Supreme court is hilarious. Um, but I, uh, it's it's not a law it is it is, we we don't know the the um the secretaries of states of uh, sorry the secretaries of state of these specific states do not certify these results um until well 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 later so one there's no you know media calls the election that's that's how it's gone each time the media has said this person won and then we go in and certify those results if they're correct. So there's nothing that says that we could have a someone who seems like they're winning on election night and then have a change, then have a shift, which is what we're likely to see in this election where there are people who are going to be voting in person, there are people who are going to be voting by mail, and those two things are going to be counted at different times. It's not unlikely that a Democrat leads a state because they were allowed to count their early their early uh, mail-in vote or their early in-person vote, and then Dem uh, and then Republicans gain on the night because more people um, in the Republican Party are voting in person and vice versa. So it is important to understand that it, we need to make sure. That we don't lose our heads, lose our cools, go crazy about what the election results are on the night. The, the night isn't necessarily going to be what the vote is. And though we don't like that, though I hate that, we need to make sure that we don't uh, overblow what's going on. Um. I think we I think we all said that um, right we're all we're all in agreement it could be different it could be different election night versus a week from election night numbers could be different because the votes are being counted and the votes are being counted which is what is important we need to make sure the votes are counted yeah all right um we're gonna end the podcast on a question that Katrina thought of which. I wanted to make our possible final episode end on an inspirational note. Yes. And, I, and honestly, this is a better question, topic, whatever, um, that we've... I think this is the best we've had. This is... That's not true. I think you're wrong. This is... This is... Shut up. <laughs> this is such a good question. Um, Abby, I'm going to open this up to you first. Unless, Katrina, do you want to ask it? No. Okay, I'll ask it. <laughs> Um, Abby, what moment 
in the Trump presidency inspired you the most to vote? Hmm. I would say I was against Trump from the beginning because he ran for a Republican ticket. And so this was around, this was 2015. So, you know, I was just basically coming into my political understanding. You know, I was surrounded by a lot of opinions and there's a lot of things to my core that I believed at that time that I still do. There's a lot of things that I have kind of refined until then, but I kind of always had an understanding that Republicans kind of want to keep this status quo and they really want to keep this uh, kind of this religious principle state among other things, you know? Uh, And I'm not saying I feel like Democrats, especially corporate Democrats, have a similar in terms of keeping, um, you know, in a sense, uh, political wealth in the same ball game. But I, I don't like saying what inspired me to vote against Trump. I don't think that's the best question to ask me personally. I think a better question is what inspired you to vote in general? Because at the time, Bernie was very uh, up and coming. No, not a lot of people knew about him. And running against Hillary, Cl- Hillary Clinton, who was a powerhouse, everyone knew her name. You know, here's this guy who uh, <laughs> kind of looks like your grandpa who comes in with these ideas and he puts it in the most simple terms. You know, people have a right to health care. People have a right to be able to go to school and get a decent education. You know, it's it's these principles for people in the U.S. who live in the most prosperous country possibly ever. Why don't we want more for ourselves? Why do we set these limitations on ourselves? So my political aspirations have never been, uh, or I at least I hope, They've never been anti this. They've always been for something. And I hope to continue that. I I just feel like the Republican Party has always instilled fear and this anti in terms of motivating their base. And I think when Democrats win, it's because they inspire people. And I think that's something that Joe Biden needs to learn from and future present and future Democrats need to understand your best bet for winning and for getting people politically engaged is when you get people to agree with your ideas, not because they're scared. And that's what I have to say. Katrina, what about you? Well, I feel weird going after that because the moment that I think has most like it had the biggest impact on me um during the trump presidency uh is a moment that caused me a lot of fear (laughs) um so i've obviously from day one been anti-trump i obviously did not vote for him in the last election and i've there was not going to be a single thing that stopped me from voting against him in this election however I think 
the event that really just like sparked something within me that made me fear really, really strongly for the future of our country. Um, and I, I just, I think I was really naive and thought we would never fall the way other countries have fallen. Um, but seeing Donald Trump order federal agents to disperse peaceful protesters using tear gas and methods of force and marching federal employees, people paid by the taxpayers, down the street to perform an obviously political stunt um, when, he, when he held the Bible up. That moment just made me realize that we are not any better than any country that has fallen to a fascist coup and that we are not far from that moment if he is reelected. And I think just that scene that is so obviously wrong and so obviously anti-American, but was used as like a, just a, a propaganda message and accept, like, should have been condemned wholly by everyone and wasn't. Like, I, I, just that moment stands out to me as the possible downfall of our democracy and the moment that makes me fear so much for our future if he is reelected. And, and that's, that's it for me. That's the thing. Terrain, what is your response? So, mine's going to be a little bit of a mixture. Um, because I do believe that it's important to vote for something. Um, but I also think it's important to vote against something. I think that both have validity. I think that both have the, the necessity in the world that we live in today. So it's easy for me to say um, it's easy for me to say that the president of the United States has been uh, utterly indifferent to the killing of people of color on the streets by the police or by people who are scared of them or overzealous. Just it's very, very easy for me to. It's very, very easy for me to see that the president doesn't really give a damn um, and plays that up for himself and <laughs> just kind of sees that as a benefit for him. I am protecting the sub uh, the suburbs. Suburban women love me now because I'm protecting them from lower income people using that kind of dog whistle or bullhorn politics. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that, that makes me want to vote for Joe Biden, not against Donald Trump. And that is on <laughs> after the death of George Floyd, there were protests on the streets. People hit the streets. People were enraged about the fact that a 
a man, a man of color, was subjected to torture and a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, which was the cause of his death. People were furious. People were outraged. People were horrified. People were dismayed by the actions of these people. And people hit the streets. And the president of the United States was <laughs> immediately got to take the side of the, the police department. You have to. You just have to. You have to take the side of the police department. They are they're the good guys. It's the police versus the bad guys. <laughs> uh Joe Biden um spent a lot of time uh, as as uh, Donald Trump says in his basement um <laughs> just hanging out in his basement. Um Joe Biden this was <laughs> May 25th, 2015 was when Joe Biden's son died. It was when Bo Bowden was when Bo Biden died. And he spent the end of May on the streets talking to protesters. Asking asking what what could be done? What do they think could be done? What should we do? What are the things that you think would be beneficial for you in Delaware, in his state? Look, I don't like Joe Biden on a lot of issues, on a whole lot of issues. I don't. I just don't. I just don't. I think I think I'd firstly, uh, my top choice was his VP Kamala Harris. My second choice was um, hopefully future Secretary of State. Uh, sorry, Secretary of Treasury um, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Uh, but <sighs> Joe Biden went on those streets to talk to people to to talk to people about what is going on and what they think is needed going forward. I think that's incredibly moving and it just goes to show that, you know, regardless of what you say about Biden and I have a lot to say about its policies, he has experienced horrific tragedy in his life. And that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And it gives him a platform to relate to others as well. And I think that's why in the beginning of this podcast, we all kind of noted him for his ability to empathize with others yeah. because he has experienced real loss, which, you know, again, the contrast is someone who only thinks about himself. So, yeah, I, I, look, I <laughs> we're we're <laughs> we all know that we're in a situation where. We are voting for someone we definitely didn't vote in the vote for in the primary. I sure didn't. I know Katrina didn't. And let's be clear, there were three people on the ballot when it was time for PA to vote. <laughs> did I vote for Tulsi? I know you're all asking. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's when you when you stack these people up against each other, when you stack the choices that we have, because yes, unfortunately, because of the country that we are. We have two. And 
would it be great if we elected people who uh, wanted to make sure that we can tear down this two-party system and maybe put in a parliamentary system that is a P, uh, proportional representation system? Fuck yeah. And let's do that. Let's fucking do that. We should definitely fucking do that. If you're asking me <laughs> who I'm going to vote for, if you're asking me who... If you're asking me who would be better for this country, for me, for people who look like me, pe- pe- uh, everyone, someone who at least can pretend that he cares about people, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. And I am, I am, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I didn't want to cast this vote for Joe Biden at the beginning of this Democratic primary. And I am enthusiastically going to cast this vote for Joe Biden in the 2020 general election. Because that's just where, that's just where the empathy is. (laughs) Anybody got anything before I cry? (laughs) Yeah. No, I think you summarized it well. No. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Um... Hopefully the circle can come back so we can talk about that because that's a more fun thing than, than what I'm doing right now. I'm so sorry. Why, why aren't there more episodes of the circle? I it's know. perfect coronavirus. It is, it is literally, it episode. is the social distancing show. Like, yeah. let's go. What are we even fucking doing? Like, get the, get the circle back. Have Shubham be the fucking host. Let's go. Listen, I want to make a statement. Everyone who listens to this podcast regularly will find shocking. I want more than anything for there to be a next episode of this podcast. <laughs> I want so very much to do next week's episode. So, just to be clear, <laughs> if Joe Biden wins, we're gonna keep fucking going. If he doesn't, the world might end. <laughs> Our world might end. I can guarantee you, I will not be back. <laughs> so it is. It is literally my biggest hope that I'm back next week. <laughs> we hope that she's back next week. Thank you all for listening, Abby. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you joining us this week at what could potentially be the last week ever. I really hope that I'm not the last guest because I feel like I'm personally undeserving of that. But ah, no, 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 no. It was so much fun, and thank you for uh, having me. No, listen, the the least deserving ever would be the uh, manager of. Oh no, he's never come back. But the 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 manager of naps because. <laughs> They... I was going to say, we need to end this with uh, another pizza debate. Why the fuck are they not making better pizza at Naps? But they do have that pierogi pizza that you like. I do, but they, and they also have mac and cheese fries, but it's li- literally just they make fries and then they make mac and cheese and put it on there. And I'm like, nah, put them together, dog. <laughs> what is this? No? All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We will... I will see you next week. Uh, And cheers. Cheers. Cheers.